All right, First Peter 4. Amplified version. Keep fervent in your love. Therefore, since Christ suffered in the flesh and died for us, arm yourselves like warriors with the same purpose, being willing to suffer for doing what is right and pleasing God, because whoever has suffered in the flesh, being like-minded with Christ, is done with intentional sin, having stopped pleasing the world, so that he can no longer spend the rest of his natural life living for human appetites and desires, but lives for the will and purpose of God. For the time already past is more than enough for doing what the unsaved Gentiles like to do, living unrestrained as you have done in a course of shameless sensuality, lust, drunkenness, carousing, drinking parties, and wanton idolatries. In connection with all this, they, the unbelievers, are resentful and surprised that you do not think like them, value their values, and run hand in hand with them into the same excess of dissipation and immoral freedom and they criticize and abuse and ridicule kill you and make fun of your values yep that's the story of today but they will have to give an account to him who is ready to judge and pass sentence on the living and the dead for this is why the good news of salvation was preached in their lifetimes even to those who are dead that though they were judged in the flesh as men are they may live in the spirit according to the will and purpose of god what? The good news is preached to those that see. Once again, does this mean I need to go back and read some commentary? Does this mean that people that died in their sin had an opportunity to, again to give their lives to Christ? The end and culmination of all things is near. Therefore, be sound-minded and self-controlled for the purpose of prayer, staying balanced and focused on the things of God so that your communication be clear, reasonable, specific, and pleasing to him. Above all, have fervent and unfailing love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. It overlooks unkindness and unselfishly seeks the best for others. Be hospitable to one another without complaints, just as each one of you has received a special gift, a spiritual talent, an ability graciously given by God, employ it in serving one another as it is appropriate for good stewards of God's multifaceted grace, faithfully using the diverse, varied gifts and abilities granted to Christians by God's unmerited favor. Whoever speaks to the congregation is to do so as one who speaks the oracles, utterances, the very words of God. Whoever serves the congregation is to do so as one who serves by the strength which God abundantly supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified, honored, and magnified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory, belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Those two phrases right there make you think differently the next time you speak up in church and the next time you volunteer. Share the sufferings of Christ. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal which is taking place to test you, that is, to test the quality of your faith, as though something strange or unusual were happening to you. Tell me about it. Verse 13, but insofar as you are sharing Christ's sufferings, 
Keep on rejoicing so that when his glory filled with his radiance and splendor is revealed, you may rejoice with great joy. If you are insulted and reviled for bearing the name of Christ, you are blessed, happy with life, joy, and comfort in God's salvation, regardless of your circumstances, because the spirit of glory and of God is resting on you and indwelling you. He whom they curse, you glorify. Make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer or a thief or any sort of criminal in response to persecution or as a troublesome meddler interfering in the affairs of others. But if anyone suffers ill treatment as a Christian because of his belief, he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God because he is considered worthy to suffer in his name. Romans 1.6 For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the time destined for judgment to begin with the household of God, and if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not respect or believe or obey the gospel of God? And if it is difficult for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the godless and the sinner? There goes another scripture about salvation. Interesting stuff. I'll have to dig, finish, I'll dig deeper into this whole once saved, always saved debate. But there's a scripture. And if it is difficult for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the godless and the sinner? Therefore, those who are ill-treated and suffering according to the will of God must continue to do right and commit their souls for safekeeping to the faithful creator. All right, y'all. Let's keep going. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody or everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, precious name I pray. Amen.